You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. to have you on Josh because the last couple episodes I've done have been I've called them this means war like fighting for your family and uh, listed out some things that I feel like is important for us as Christians to prioritize or kind of set into make create boundaries for our families um, I'm a I'm a father I got three girls you're a father, and I've always appreciated the conversations we've had in regards. I feel like the last couple of years, we've had some uh, keep standing type of conversations, and uh, there's times that there's times that you can feel kind of lonely, and a phone call to a friend helps yeah. that, and yeah. I think that's something that. Uh, you've been that for me over the last couple of years and you're a, you're a smart dude. You're a wise man. You're a wise, you're a wise old geezer. And so I've always appreciated, <laughs> I've always appreciated our talks and I, you were a voice that I wanted to have on. Um, you shared with me that you went back and listened to those episodes. So you're kind of familiar with what I had talked about on there. I wanted mm-hmm. to get, just kind of give me your your opinions or your thoughts about the culture today as a father, as a husband, as a believer. Um, how do you navigate like raising a family in this culture that's pretty counter to what we what we believe in, you know, as mm-hmm. as Christian men? What's what's some of the I don't know, some of the issues that maybe you faced as to, to raise in a godly family. Yeah. Well, we're still in, well, first of all, speaking of those phone calls, you've been that for me a lot too. And yeah. it's just funny how that we can see clearly when what's not our mess. Yeah. And so things that you, I get attributed to as wisdom is really is like, no, man, I'm just not in the forest and you are. And like, yeah, let good. me just show you what it looks like. And then you do the same for me, you know? Yeah, so that's good. And it's, um, so it's it's important yeah. to have that. So I'm very grateful for you. Um, and I appreciate you saying that. Oh, yeah, the cold. So, man, being a, you know, I, just being a dad in general, being a father in general, it just changes from year to year. It just, it's just a constant progression. And I'm still learning. And you want to be a good dad, a good father. We want to get be good parents. And, um but it's yeah what's it, that what's that look like right like what's yeah, it mean to be a good parent in mm-hmm. this crap <laughs> well and i think a lot of it has to do with your guide uh, the way kind of i see it and my nacy sees it it's like we're it's our job to i i feel like it's a balancing act there's a tension between you know introducing as they hit certain ages you're introducing them to different parts of the of the culture yeah. all right so 
especially because it's a luxury being a homeschool family that you really get to uh, you really get to choose what you expose your kids to right and uh, you need to be and i believe my we need to be choosing what we <laughs> that should yeah. we should be a filter for that that's that's what but they do i think they do need to be exposed it age appropriate times and not just uh just arbitrary but actually like we've chosen you know we've we want to teach you about this thing that you are about to get exposed to or possibly so hey you're in a new friend group now that you're in these activities and you're about you could be exposed to a b c and d let me tell you what those things mean. Let me tell you like how that can maybe make you feel when you're exposed to that stuff. And let me show you that you can, if there's anything that you get exposed to, that's not that this let's talk about it. Yeah. And so the culture in general is this one big, uh, buffet of <laughs> like, you know, poison and toxicity but also good things but it's just it's just everything it's life it's the real world and so yeah. it's it's very much um it's not all bad <laughs> you know well, it's, but it's crazy what you said before about because you know we homeschool as well so our kids haven't been it's like our ninth year of homeschooling mm -hmm. um it feels like a really long time and it is i think i'm i'm I've always said it was the greatest thing we've ever done as parents was, was homeschooling or deciding yeah. to do that. But can't believe it. It's been nine years. Cause like, I remember when y'all started, I know it's crazy, <laughs> but it is like, it's one of those things where it's like, you, you made a point that I think is, is valid. And I kind of forget about, but as homeschoolers, we really don't have to deal with a lot of the things that make my blood boil, you know, <laughs> like, right. like, we can we can watch YouTube. We can see all the all the crap that's going on in the public school systems, and it it infuriates me, you know, and it it makes me really really angry. But then if I really think about it, I'm like, my my kids aren't going to experience that, you know. Mm -hmm. My kids are never going to have to experience that. I chose to. They can learn about it, like you said, from a distance, and they can Through learn you. about it from our point of view, not from. Yeah being in um, amidst the lions right absolutely and, and that's good that's a good thing that we get to not have to experience it but i think what i guess what's assuring to me like it still pisses me off <laughs> like i'm mm -hmm. still a very upset that i'm in a culture that's like that mm -hmm. and so for me it it, it brings out that you know, this, this podcast is the kingdom bringer podcast. So the idea is like bringing the kingdom to different areas of, you know, of the planet, wherever I go. And so there is that aspect of like, no, I'm, I'm upset. This isn't right. Like this, this isn't God's design. This isn't what, what I want to raise my kids in as a culture. And so, um, yeah, mm -hmm. that was, a, that was a long winded thing, but you made a point that was very a lot of times we can get so upset that it drives us to anxiety and it drives us to like depression or just anger about the thing. But we have choices <laughs> to make, you know, like I've, I made choices for my family. 
that yeah. we're never going to have to experience those things that are infuriating me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you guys, how, how long have you guys been homeschooling? Um, uh, From the beginning? 10. No, uh, my oldest is 16 and we pulled him out of first grade. He went to okay. first grade. Okay. So about 10 years, about the same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but you're right. I think it, it's not just homeschoolers. If if you're an adult and you're listening to this, you're yeah. not exposing yourself to things that you don't want to be exposed to. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not right. going, I'm not going, uh, if you've had a, like a toxic job before, I mean, you can quit the job. Right. right. So yeah. Uh, you can get a different one. Um, you know, I'm not hanging out. Guess what? I'm not, ha- I'm a mature Christian, right? Still maturing, but mature, been a Christian for a long time. And I'm not hanging out with, frankly, godless people. Yeah. Right. As a matter of routine. Yeah. Yeah. I play golf with them and, go to the restaurant to, uh, you know, that's not, I'm just saying like, as a matter of like, I'm not surrounding myself with godless people eight hours a day. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> and, and what would happen? Do you think if I was, yeah, you think that might wear on me? Yeah. And so we're, we're choosing that for our children. But I think that back to your question is like, how do you navigate culture? We're choosing to expose them to things through training and through being prepped one of our goals is like, we just don't ever want our kids to kind of be blindsided by anything. That's good. Yeah. And then you start getting blindsided by things and you're like, I've never heard of this before, seen this before. This is making me feel weird, uncomfortable, gross. No one's ever told me. And so we're, we're always, Nason and I are always trying to have those conversations ahead of time with all our kids about anything, everything. And yeah, there comes a place, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time shielding my kids, you know, and I've, I've got, like I said, I've got three daughters and I feel like there may be a little bit of a different approach. You, you've got a good mixture there yourself. You got, you got six kids mm-hmm. now and you got mm-hmm. a couple boys, a few girls. I think the way we handle girls is maybe different than the way we handle boys a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't have the experience with the boys, but I can imagine I'm always going to have that desire to like protect my daughters, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's, I've, I've had those, those walls up of protection for a while with my girls. But one of the, one of the things that I talked about the last couple episodes was the importance of teaching our kids about sex. Mm-hmm. And that, I think I actually learned that from, from you, from you guys. I think, I think you and your wife talked yeah. about that often. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, you know, and I, my parents gave me the talk, you know, and it was, it was, <laughs> it was a graphic talk and it was, it was fine. It was great. But when you're a parent, you're just, it's, it's something to, worth navigating and worth figuring out you you have know, what's going to gonna work best for you and your family. Yeah. But to your point, it is so important for us to be ahead of the game with that. Yes. Because they are sexualizing our children earlier and earlier and earlier. Oh yeah. And you know, that's, I don't know. I was, I was watching something just the other day about, um, there was some teacher was explicitly talking about 
gay sex to the students in the class. They were high school kids, so most mm-hmm. of them were aware, but there was no, like, it looked like commonplace, you know? Like, they were just talking about what we would consider sexual immorality stuff, a lot of stuff that is not in line with God's design for what I believe sex is and, yeah. and, and what I want to teach my kids. And that was a, a good sign of what what the world is doing with our children is teaching them really the opposite <laughs> of what we want our kids to to know and understand about sex. And so being ahead of that, what are some other things that you mm-hmm. think are important for us to be ahead of um, when it comes to cultural stuff? Yeah. Um, well, that's a big one. <laughs> it's not just gay or gay. I mean, now we're talking about gender confusion yeah. and ever like this message that, you know, you can kind of be whatever you feel like on a day and it's not important if you're a man or a woman, it's like, it's almost like it's, it can change all the time. It's very fluid. That's a big one. I think that's, it's, um, and so we don't have like a book. So for the, for stuff about sex, we have several good resources that books we've ordered and like read with each of our kids. Yeah. Um, and want them to know. So it wasn't like we were having to, I mean, it's still awkward ish, but yeah, it wasn't like, Hey, let's sit at the foot of the bed and I'm going to have this horrible talk with you. It's, we had these resources to go through page by page and I'm like, Oh, this is great. Dude. It's less awkward than having to clean up messes though. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the whole thing. Like my, my kids heard about sex from me yeah, and their, mo- and their mom, you know? And it, it's, I mean, and it's, it's just really shouldn't be a, a, it's God created it. It should be a thing that is very, in a weird way, it's just very easy to talk about. It should, you know, and, yeah. and not a shameful thing. Yeah. Uh, celebrated in the course of marriage for pleasure, but also procreation and procreation. This is like, probably my biggest thing I have against a lot of the gender stuff and even the LGBT is just, it goes against God's design for, for procreation. Yeah. So not just for sex, but for actually the ability to reproduce, go be fruitful and multiply. And, and we are, you know, yes, we do have six kids, so we're sort of living it, but we're big believers in God's kingdom through family. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, I, in my own view, I feel like that's how, um, <laughs> so it's, it's, this is a sidetrack kind of, but it fits in. So the, the more and more I get older, the more and more I realize how much what you think about the end times matters for everything else you do in your life. Yeah. So it used to be, I, I used to have like, oh, re- the stuff about Revelation, I don't even want to think about it. Nobody even knows. Who cares? It's all about Jesus, Jesus, you know. Yeah. But that can take 10, a million different forms. Yeah. Just preach the gospel, bro. But if you, and so then there's kind of two main views on how this is all going to go down and end. Either the church dies a slow death and you know jesus comes back and is victorious in spite of a dying church or does he conquer through his church 
in an ever increasing and expanding king church kingdom. Yeah. So, uh, though, and so the way I've, so if you zoomed out in all of human history, are there more like not, not this little small window of the last 50 years, forget about that. But if you just zoomed out and looked at the chart, are there more Christians now or then, or a thousand years ago or 2000 years ago, put it on a graph. Right. So, so we're at the most in like human history. Yeah. So if you like the chart is going the church up. is growing. Yeah. Yeah, the kingdom was like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we can get, I can get, I, that's almost the only thing I need to look at for me personally. I'm just yeah. like, look, yeah, we might be in a small dip right now culturally because there's a lot of people that don't go anymore and they don't proclaim any kind of faith or belief or whatever. But so all that to say is how does that grow? So if we believe, if I believe that I'm a victorious church and I want to grow the kingdom, what is one surefire way of growing at least six disciples and then also <laughs> make, uh, make them? And then also then, then they have six and six and six. Yeah. So you're talking about exponential, yeah, right? Yeah. Expansion in the kingdom. Yeah. And so this is where it's like, okay, this is where I really drives me nuts about God's created order for procreation and then everything. And so... I like to come at it from that angle, just kind of as, as an aside. I, I like to say like, this is, and so when we're talking to our kids about, because here's the trap that a lot of Christian people will fall into with their kids, because especially ones that are going to school and being indoctrinated and they know, well, Jerry, he's gay at school and he's super nice. Are you saying yeah. he's going to hell? Right. So you're going to get that stuff. Yep. And I've seen that terrifying cause families to tear apart because the kids are no longer believers because they can't imagine yeah. that a loving God would send, you know, yeah. their good gay friend. You know so, what I'm talking about, I right? Do. So I do. Yeah. So all that to say is like, so now that we're talking to our kids about it, it's like, we don't, I was like, I don't even have to get into necessarily that part of it. Although we do believe it's against God's word. It's sin, but also it's like, more than that, no, there's going to be no procreation, no family that, for that person. And ultimately, they're going to live and die alone without having feeling God's purpose for their life, even from a natural perspective. Wow. And uh, so that's very, like, to me, helpful because we're, we're just big believers in kingdom through family that um, it's kind of a natural anything that goes against that and this is where the culture is is anti if you really want to see what the culture is anti it's anti-family that's right big that's time right. yeah you know yeah because it's not just the sex thing i mean the, the procreation's a right a major part of it for sure you know and you can you can tie abortion into that you can tie you know but all that is from the root of yeah anti-family which really is the root of anti male headship and patriarchy yeah and it's and it's pro feminine feminism is so it's like that is sort of the root of all of it yeah you know radical feminism anti-patriarchy yeah <laughs> at least. no it's yeah 100 so. and i think you you know one of the major issues too is i and i think you and i have talked about this too but that that millennial age that just refuses to get married 
you know? Yeah. And they just stay single and they'll date and common law, just, you know, cohabitate all these things of like delaying the family process, you know, delaying the natural family process. And it ultimately you can point to selfishness for that reason, right? Like they're, they're focused on their career or they're focused on dreams or they're focused on things that they, they think a family would interrupt that. Right. And I just feel that if we, when you're focused on the kingdom, when you're focused on the Lord, like family is the way, like family happens, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there, there's a desire to start a family when you're focused mm-hmm. on the kingdom. There's a desire to, to get married and to become one when you're focused on the kingdom. And so, yeah, there's a, I mean, the the counter to that is you you just you see it more and more and more in the culture, what you know through the movies, through the music, through television shows, through and it's it looks extremely normal, right? I mean, we see these these pride parades that carry every letter of the alphabet now, and it's like it's it it looks normal. <laughs> I mean, it, it does. It looks like wow that maybe there is something old school about the way that I feel or whatever. And it, you know, you can, you can tend to like, man, maybe I need to let up a little bit or whatever, but it's like, no, like I, something in me just has a desire to stand against like the culture that's coming our way, you know? Yeah. And I know one of the things that I feel like the last we've experienced like three layers of these things over the last few years. I remember, um, for me, the first one was when when COVID first came, there was that push against the church, right? To the churches to shut down. And I failed that test. Like I failed <laughs> that first layer. I fell into, yeah, it's a time for the church to rest. You know, the church needs to, you know, the church, the church now has permission to rest and all these things. And I opened the door for the enemy to come and and like put a flag in the ground, you know? Yeah. And then the next, the next layer was the vaccines, right? The, Mm. the mandatory vaccine. You and I had conversations about that. That affected me at work. You know, I was experiencing the pressure of having to bow to the culture's way of things or continue to stand and that's when I feel like I really got my backbone of like, no, I, I failed the first test, you know, like I, I fell for the lie that the church needs to just sit down and shut up for a little while, you know, and I'm not going to do it again, <laughs> you know, and and now we're in this place of like sexualizing our children and, and all these things. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to, going to fall for this crap again, you know? Yeah. And one question I wanted to ask you, I wanted to get your thoughts. It's the, uh, it's kind of our natural, the church's natural instinct to boycott things, right? I think the church does the cancel culture thing well. <laughs> and do you feel like boycotts when it comes to Target, when it comes to, 
organizations that that are standing on these platforms that we disagree with, do you feel like that's a step we should take? Is boycott does boycotting work in your opinion? Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm I think it's isn't it literally the least we can do? I think <laughs> it's a big deal because I mean it's such a gray area because if you really look behind the curtain on a lot of these corporations and things that you do business with yeah. already, you're probably going to find uh, some kind of reason to want to boycott somebody, For sure. you know, that, so, I mean, it's kind of, some of it's like, okay, well, where do you draw the line? Like, if you're really going to go all in, but, but I think in the case of target specifically, um, just the sort of over the top, um marketing of to to children of like just just very in your face of you know why don't you start to question your gender or maybe you're discontent maybe that's your problem that's why you don't fit in is you're you're actually not a boy you're a girl or vice versa i think i think it's a good and right thing for so the bigger thing is darren is that just I feel like Christians in or the quote unquote the church, if you believe that we're gonna kind of go back back to the end times, if you believe we're all just gonna go down in flames, why bother? Right. Boycotting. Yeah. Why vote? Why anything? Why do yeah. do anything? Yeah. So this is what I'm trying to this is what I'm saying earlier. This is what has been opening my eyes to all this. If you believe that the church is victorious and is might be on a dip right now, but ultimately victorious, it informs every other action you should be taking. So the boycotts, yes, maybe yeah. running for office, yes, yeah. going to a protest, maybe yes, or you know, homeschooling your kids, yes. If, if it wasn't, if how I feel, what happens at the end of times? It, why bother? Why bother? I should be going. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we're yeah. one step closer to. Yeah, you know, us yeah. going down and you coming back. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, and I'm not saying that's a wrong view. I know there's, you know, that I'm just saying like there, it's, it's, it's not one of those issues to split up over. It's not a heretical thing to believe that the end times are going to end one certain way or not. But I'm, I feel drawn to the people that believe a certain way for yeah. sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I just don't see how that's when you get into the boycott. Should I, yeah, when that stuff came out with Target, Nacy and I had a conversation. I was like, she's like, did you see that? I'm like, yeah. She's like, all right, anything we can get anywhere else, I'm going to get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, but if we can get, if we need something that's a Target, we might go still go there. But like, yeah. we're going to at least start taking some of the business elsewhere, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I I feel like when it's, when it's about the kids, yeah, somebody's got his, I mean, not in my house, you know, and we don't, we actually don't do a lot of shopping at Target anyway, but there's something about, I just, I read too much, even in scripture about loving what is good and hating what is evil. There's a, there's a verse in uh, 97, uh, Psalm 97, 10, you who love the Lord hate evil. Mm-hmm. It's a simple little thing, but it's like, what's that look like? You know, what's that look like in your life and your family to hate evil? Mm-hmm. And when I when I deem something is evil, 
And for me, these days, when I, you know, you know, call me getting triggered, but when I see an organization or a a freaking baseball team promoting a an agenda that I believe is 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 rooted from an evil place meant to bring harm to my children and my family. The, again, the least I can do is vocally stand up against that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, call but it that's a big deal or whatever it is. And like, to me, that's like, that's one way that I'm going to hate evil is I'm going to have nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know? All right. And I mean, sadly, that kind of what separates. <laughs> I think the question that you're saying is what does it mean to hate something in a righteous right. way? Like, yeah. what does that even look like? Yeah. What do you think? What's I don't look, know. What's that look like for the little Johns? I, you know, hate is just a, you just sort of assume that hate has a negative connotation, but if yeah. we're commanded to do it, then it, there's must be some righteous aspect to it. Um, I don't know if we're, so, so one thing that I would say that we hate is that we guard what, go what our kids uh watch and listen to very closely yeah so i would say like more than almost any parent that i personally know we are very diligent about it um so we don't any we don't watch any shows that and if anything does come on that we didn't see coming it's immediately off yeah we talk about it and i think in that way it's like uh, what would you like for let's relate it to food. Like, if you hated celery, yeah, are you gonna have it in your house or your or your fridge? Or are you Just gonna put it? In your, are you gonna bit. put it in your mouth? Right. But with with it seems like with media, I know parents that wouldn't let their kid eat drink a glass of milk unless it was like organic, you know, straight or everything is. You yeah. know, grass-fed, organic, cage-free, but they'll let them put, they'll, they, whatever goes into their body of that is like, watched like a hawk, but into their eyes and ears, and which is really brain and yeah. soul and spirit, it's like, watch whatever you want, listen to whatever you want. Yeah. And I think that's a big backward, I mean, they'd be much healthier if that was reversed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. And so one way we hate those things, I think, is to be diligent about those aren't allowed in our cars, in our house, in our eyes, in our ears. Um, those are big deals. I have a personal conviction about music specifically because I, it was, it just, I got into the wrong, I got into some pretty bad music when I was younger. And I, I love music in general. So it was just yeah. kind of a double whammy. And so, uh, but when you think about what music is, if you read, if you just pick, pick one of the top 10 songs right now and just forget about, the, just read the lyrics. Yeah. I think a lot of parents would be shocked yeah. that some of their favorite catchy songs, like just read the lyrics. Ah, uh, yeah, but it's, there were lyrics were bad when I was like, yeah, exactly. And how that yeah. work out? Like, right. like, yeah. you know, how much life better life would have been like without yeah. all that. But it's you're repeating these affirmations over yourself set to rhythm and music and chant. You're basically chanting. Yeah. 
it's demon. That's you're talking it's addictive about addictive too, right? Like those. Beats and they're talking and those about spiritual. Are, yeah. yeah, but you're talking about you're talking about the spiritual realm here of what kinds of things you're seeing to and saying over yourself. Faith comes by here. It's good. It's going to eventually be what you start believing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's very so. In one way, like we're so diligent at that, and I, I want. And because we've been so diligent at that for a long time, we've got, we have, um, so if we've gotten resensitized mm. to, to, to evil, yeah. basically. Yeah. And I have. Yeah. Like Nacy has our kids. So now in Nacy and I like date night, we're watching something that maybe we wouldn't want them to watch. And our our spirits are resensitized. Wow! Because if you if you do this for as like a diet or something, if you just if you detox for a long enough, your your righteous sensitivities are now reacclimated and they're not deadened anymore. They're not numb anymore. They're not desensitized to evil anymore. And now a slight little thing, you're just like that. Wow. Like, I don't even like the way he's talking to that other woman. And like, that's not, we're not talking about a sex scene. Yeah. yeah. He shouldn't be talking to her like that. He's yeah. married. Turn it yeah. off. <laughs> My daughter better not be in a relationship like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but it's just, and it's not just major things. It's not just yeah. like sex scenes, violent, a bunch of lang language is easy. I, I can't even watch a show that's got, but I could have before. Yeah. So what happened? Did I just get saved in between the last 10 years or did have is it possible to resensitize your spirit and your whole families, your whole household? Yeah. And I think that's renewing. That's part of the renewing of your mind, renewing of your spirit, your soul, all of it. So you don't and, you don't you don't fix that by just removing things, right? Like you've got to fill it with something else, correct? Like you talked about the dieting. Yes, if you you can wean yourself yeah, yeah. off of sugar just fine, but yeah. I've, you know, I've seen guys walking around that look like they need to have some sugar in their bones, you know, like eat something, you know, like yeah. we, we need to fill it with something else on that. Have you, are you familiar with Jonathan Kahn? He's, Academy? Uh, he's kind of a prophetic voice. Uh, no, I'm not. He, he wrote a book. I heard him on, I think Glenn Beck's program. He wrote a book called return of the gods. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this. It was, was very, very intriguing to me. So I, I haven't read the book. I just heard his interview. So I'm going to shorten this up quite a bit. But the whole book is about um, – okay, so the, you, you know the verse where it's talking about uh, – Jesus is talking about the demons. When you cast a demon out mm – -hmm. And he'll go roaming around looking for something to, to inhabit. To, to yeah, inhabit. yeah. And he'll mm -hmm. come back with seven more when he right. finds when he finds a a host that is empty. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the idea is you had somebody that is is filled with demons. You cast him out. If you don't fill that up with something else, mm -hmm. the the demonic can come back stronger. And mm -hmm. that's that was Jesus talking about demonic activity. 
Well, this guy was in this book, Return of the Gods, he's, he talks about how Jesus doesn't just care about individuals. He cares about regions and he cares about generations. Mm. And so he was talking about our generation. We experienced a time kind of of revival where some of this stuff left, right? There was a focus on family. There was a focus on, uh, on God, like America kind of experienced this revival and a lot of the, the junk fled. But if you don't feel that, so let's, let's talk about our nation. We're experiencing now like the, the, the refilling of what he called return of the gods. And he's talking about like, um, the, the, uh, different goddesses and different gods that they worshiped back in the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. That have re-inhabited a nation or a country that has opened the door to them through oh, abortion and lust. And I mean, it's sexualized. Okay. It was, it's, it's very, very intriguing. You should check out the interview, but mm-hmm. the idea of we're experiencing right now, like seven times mm-hmm. the stuff at, at a, at a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. And until we like, we're going to have to do what you said, like kind of reflush this stuff out. Right. Mm -hmm. Kind of wash this clean again. But it's not just a matter of boycotting and standing against and doing all these things. That's that's important and I'm down with it. But we've got to get filled with something, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm the kind of guy that believes we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. My family needs to be filled with the, the kingdom and the goodness of God. And that's what we're missing as as a nation. And like if you know, I've only been on this planet for 40 some years, but I've seen just a drastic shift in this Christian American nation that I don't recognize it, you know, <laughs> and it just looks mm-hmm. like the the gods, the, the small G gods mm-hmm. have come back home mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've got people worshiping things that appear to be natural and appear to be normal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really have a question to that, but it was a very intriguing. <laughs> yeah. Check out that interview when you get a chance. Uh, well, I definitely, I definitely feel like there's been an escalation of everything, but I, I think it's everything. I think it's, I think it's uh, the acceleration and escalation, um, escalation of, you know, frankly, just debauchery, sin, yeah, just flesh, carnal, just anything your body, hedonism, just everything worldly but at the same time i think that um, there's also an increase in in light and um in response to or you know and i think it's just starting and um and so it it's all feels very accelerated like it's almost yeah. like this it's almost like we were in a holding pattern in my whole life until about 10 years ago, you know, yeah. six years ago, eight years ago, I think the, in my opinion, the internet has a lot to do with it. I think, um, it's yeah. just, I feel like we're real analogous to the tower of Babel and just the humanity was all able to, uh, what they were able to, the acceleration of their progress and their building and their dreams and visions and conquering and going to high, because they could all communicate. 
Yeah. Cause they could all speak the same language. It led them to like an acceleration of like, we're going to build this tower. Wow. <laughs> we're going up. And I, I, I feel, I feel like it's that kind of time and, um, I, I, camps are forming. Um, it's, it's people, it's being exposed where you are. Yeah. And there's no, I, one of the things I've just really been hammering, there's no such thing as neutral anymore. They're, they're like, it's, you're either like on this side or you're on that side. Yeah. And yeah. I, that's what's being revealed. Um, uh, there's nothing neutral. This, there's nothing, there's just no such thing. And so, that's I don't know if that really relates to what he was saying, but, but I I it definitely definitely feels like that. Yeah, I mean I think there's those those verses are interesting to me. The whole love what is good, hate what is evil. Those are dividing lines, right? I mean, he's, yeah, yes. he's laying out like there is this and yeah. there is that, and so I do think we're seeing the darkness is magnified, the light is magnified, and you're gonna have people. Uh huh. There's 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 yeah. not a whole lot of gray anymore, and I I see less no. and less gray. You right. Know, I used to, you know, there 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 is gray, and you can't stand there or that. But I'm I'm a black and white guy. <laughs> I always have been, and I just feel like we're seeing that more and more. That that America used to be a gray country, you know. And I'm not suggesting that we should be. I'm just saying we're seeing a lot less. Yeah, of people kind of straddling the fence. They're exactly they're running. And I was that. I was that person. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I thought that's what. Explain you know, that. What do you mean? Like, the what, cowardly. What are I some ways? What are some ways you feel like you've maybe oh just shifted when I was, in that area? Well, just when I was an immature, I mean, I was just riding the fence as a yeah. matter of theological practice, just yeah. kind of like, well, it could mean this or, you know, Jesus, but remember yeah. Jesus is nice and like, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just kind of always that it's, it's the phrase, it's that devil's advocate. It's kind of always that. And, and oh, some of it, it probably tried to, it was probably, it was probably, um, cowardice masquerading as like trying to be intelligent or, you know, or, yeah. But it, it there's just something now where it's just like, man, it's it it's just you 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 have to be, let it know where you are, and yeah. come that's, what may kind of. That's that's a good point you made too about the cowardice because I feel like there's being a thinker was extremely popular. It became like you know I think of Joe Rogan or I think of some of these guys that are known yeah. as like thinkers. Yeah. But I've seen a lot lately of the, I, I, I see cowardice in that. I really do. Like more and more, like Joe Rogan, for instance, will have somebody on that's just, they know their stance and they're standing there. And Joe tries to play that game. I'm like, Joe, that, you look very weak. You know, how mm -hmm. about you figure, <laughs> figure out the answer? Cause there are answers, you know? There are answers that's, now. It is true. I mean, that's what people are. It's that's kind of what a lot of it boils down to. It's like it takes courage to to just finally say, identify something and say that's right yeah. or that's wrong. Yeah. So I'm not just here to interview you because you have like you just wrote a new book on my yeah. podcast with 100 millions, and I'm going to always be the devil pointing out stuff like just no, just say yep, that's right. 
That's yeah. the way it is. Yeah. Well, I, I don't th- care. I, I think of, of you uh, get pissed off. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Like, even if yeah. God doesn't save us from this fire, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, this is what we're going to do. Like, we, yeah. this is who we are. We've become these these men of God that are going to stand on God's word. And even if it turns out the way you're saying it does, we're going to choose this, you know? Yes. I think that's being created more and more. Um, I wanted to go back to that, that Psalm 97, Tim. You who love the Lord hate evil. The, and the couple phrases after that, I think are very intriguing. Because directly after that, it says, he preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. To me, that makes it sound like when you hate evil, you're going to experience some pressure, right? Mm. Like you're going to experience moments where you may fear and you may question and you may wonder if it's the right thing to do because (laughs) they own Hollywood, bro. They own the internet. (laughs) They own the media. Sure. And when you stand against it, you're going to, you're going to experience the pushback a little bit. And I, I love how, he, but he preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. It's almost a fear not statement, you know? Yeah. Because evil is uh scary. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. but it's, it's just, so that's, I like to always ask why. So it's like, why? So it says not to fear it, but to hate it. Yeah. Right. It doesn't even say be courageous about it or, you know, yeah. Uh, be confident around, you know, yeah. it's hate it. Yeah. One of the, one of the translations says abhor. Yeah. Abhor have nothing, yeah. which really means have nothing to do with it. I yeah. Think. yeah. And, um, but yeah, I, I think you better get ready because you, you never know what's, who's going to, do what or say what, but I think for the most part, it's, you're going to find that you're going to be blessed, protected, restored, delivered, and it's going to be a lot of paper tigers. Um, and, and you might have a lot of very visible back backlash, but you'll have a lot of sideline support and in a lot of physical and spiritual ways, I think from people in, um, there's just a lot of people that are like, and I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, it's true. I can't, you, I can't, I can't, or I don't think I can for whatever reason, but I'm glad you did. That leads well into a subject that I wanted to talk to you about and that's social media. Yeah. Um, I know you are, you love it. You're a big proponent of social media. I actually, and you think all of I'm our children should, should have accounts. I'm on it a lot. I don't post anymore. Um, Why is that? Why don't you post anymore? I I decided to stop posting. I don't even remember. I'm sure I t- kind of told you about when it was. It was yeah. It's been over a year. Um, I what, just don't, what did it become for you? Like what was? Well. I've, you know, all, all the above I've posted what I've been 
angry about something. I posted when I wanted to show people what I was doing or a cool place I was at. So half boastful, half bitter, half, you know, funny, half trying to pick fights or half being offensive, you know, it depends what mood I was in that month or whatever. Um, uh, but I, I, out of all those, and we've all done it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's kind of what it's for, but yeah, kind of, (laughs) but is that what it's, but do we need a thing for that? Is I guess it's like, right. Maybe that is what it's for, but do we need something to do that? Because, uh, so I think this is a personal conviction issue. Uh, just, I will say that, but I, I think that, uh, I just, for me personally, I didn't find there was a lot that I was, had good motives for anything I was ever thinking about posting. Yeah. I mean, it maybe even if it wasn't that bad of motives, but just, I was just like, I just kind of like wrote something out or took a picture. Then I was like, why am I about to post? I would always just ask, why am I about to post this? And for me personally, again, like I said, it's personal conviction. I just wasn't ever like, and then, um, and then I started kind of liking that nobody knew what I was up to or doing and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it does come with some consequences. Cause like family doesn't, I do want some people to know what I'm doing and cause that's fun, but it's just once you're out of it for a while, it's really hard to, for me to post because it, uh, it's such a weird thing. Like if we just really sat back and like, well, I'm just going to put this out to the world that I'm <laughs> at the park right now. Why? Yeah. Like, or just, I don't know. No, it's, I get it. It's a personal thing. I, I could easily be talked back into. Now I will say I'm on it a lot. I like don't I I read Twitter a lot. I like a lot of good high level accounts there. I'm on YouTube a lot watching videos, sermons, golf stuff. You know, I'm on Instagram watching stuff, stupid stuff. I yeah. I send you memes, all memes and yeah. stupid videos all the time. Um so but I just had a personal conviction not to post. Uh I do think it's absolutely horrible for kids. And I, yeah. um, I, I think if I could wave my magic wand, I don't think a kid, I don't think a kid should have access to social media till they're 16 or 18, probably. Wow. I think it's just that destructive. If you read about it, um, there's that book, I think a coddling of the American mind. Have you read that? Um, I no. There's another one about there's another one about social media, Jonathan Haidt. I think that hopefully we're gonna one day all realize how harmful it really has been for people's kids. I mean, you're talking about girls, teenage girls that are like uh never before seen anxiety levels in measured. Um and all kinds i don't even have all the stats in front of me just look it up i would get rid of it all for kids anybody under 16 or 18 you know i went through i've gone through a lot of phases with with social media love hate for sure. <laughs> yeah. and it's usually hate because the times that i feel like i love it i really don't like it's not a it's not a love relationship at all uh-uh. and it's the highs are very, very temporary and they're very just meaningless. 
you know, <laughs> like, like you yeah. talked about motives and it's easy to like, what the heck? Like, why, why did I do that? Why do I care? You know, I still feel, I will <laughs> say this. Why am so, I about to respond to this guy right yes, now? <laughs> and that's the big thing for me. Like I, I had to stay off people's feeds and I strictly yeah. use social media now as just, it's a, it, it is a ministry for me. Like I try to, it's kind of the only yeah. platform I feel like I have to, to do what I feel like God wants me to do. And that's fine. And it's a, it's a small platform and I really don't care anymore, but I just, I, I want to faithfully do that. But where I really had to watch it was caring about other people on social media, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it kept me engaged with people that I needed to like cut ties with. You know, it yeah. kept me invested in people's lives that God was like, I want you out of that relationship. Yeah. That happens. You know, one of mm-hmm. the things I talked about in the last episode was right relationships. Mm-hmm. And there are times that toxicity is real in relationships and social media just magnifies that often. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want, oh, real, yeah. if you want real relationships, pick up the phone and call somebody, you know, talk to them. And, uh, yeah. so yeah, I've had a love hate. I mean, I, I remember a couple months ago calling you up saying, I think I'm done with social media. And that lasted about <laughs> two weeks, you know? And yeah. I, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you with the kids though, for sure. And I feel like, yeah, there was even, there was a moment, man, when I was like, man, you know, my daughter, doesn't really have a whole lot of friends, but she's going to this youth group now and they've all got social media and maybe she could have some good relationships that way. And it was super innocent. I remember I asked you one time during that, Mm -hmm. I was like, so what do you think about that? And you almost like laughed me off the phone. Like, what the frick are you talking about? Why would she have a social media account? And I was like, oh yeah, why would she have a social media account? But it's so easy to get wrapped up in that, man. Man. It's, it is. It's so easy to like treat that as something that's normal too. And then before you know it, you don't know what's going on in their life. You know? No. And then, and they're being influenced by people that you would never want them to be their thoughts, the way they see themselves, the way they think relationships work, the way they, you know, understand what's valuable in life or not, or important or good or bad. That's not going to, you open you talk about opening a door, just charismatics. Like that is like literally a portal. Yeah. <laughs> like it's an internet to good things. Yes. But um, billion things that I still try to, I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. I, and I try to avoid and still come across all kinds of things that I'm just like, I wish that wouldn't have popped up right then. And, and that's like, literally what it's for. Right. That's what it's for. It's, it's designed, designed to do that. that. Yeah. Yes. To get your attention for money purposes, to get your attention for other Anything. thing purposes. Yeah. And I, I, I noticed it. There was a great, I wish, I don't know who posted. So I, so back to social media, I'm, I'm on it cause I find it useful. I like, I find news before, like, this is how I get my news. This is how I see what's going on locally nationally world in uh, golf which i've gotten into i follow that i follow like i'm not going to turn on espn i just look online and look yeah. you know i i 
Um, but somebody, and then there, there are friends of mine that post great posts and articles and yeah. links, links to YouTube videos and blog posts. And I find that those are the kind of things I do want to consume. I want to yeah. consume good things. I don't, like you said earlier, we can't just cut off something and just not, it needs to be replaced yeah. uh, with something good. So I still am on it. I wish I would. There's somebody posted a great one the other day that talked about teens and smartphones and how they, this one girl was like, I, dad, I wish my, I wish Sarah wouldn't have gotten one. Cause like, there goes another friend. There goes another, she was talking about how she called they like, kind of funny, funnily called them zombies. She's like, lost another one. Yeah. So they, these family had noticed this like friend groups of girls, smartphone. I think this was about smartphones, not just social media, but nowadays it's almost one in the same. Um, they're just like, oh, lost another friend to that because they, as soon as they get them, and we all do it. I'm, st- I am my, I'm on my phone all day yeah. long. Yeah, for work, but also not for work. Both. Yeah. yeah. But as soon as they get them, boom, these kids are not looking at you anymore. They're looking at that. And now that my oldest, he's in the, I've just noticed he's on the school. We homeschool, but he's on the school's golf team. And so now we've been around more. You can just kind of tell uh, they had a group practice and there were some kids that just never got off their phone and and some that had a great time and some were there. And so, I'm not saying those kids were doing anything wrong, but yeah. it, do you, it's our job as parents. So like, how do we, do you take your, do you want to raise somebody that's present in the world and polite can look people in the eye and is can have a conversation it can help out and is under is like aware of what's going on in the room yeah. or not it's your it's but it's up to you they're, they're not going to do it it's up, and it's, it's all our job. it is all part like again as a believer <laughs> of, it is of the word i believe there's an antichrist agenda and i believe that it's present now and for me, all the things that are you know, what we've called evil, the things that we're called to hate and abhor, I believe are from that agenda. Mm-hmm. And so we can link, you know, the LGBTQ stuff. We can link all of that, the abortion, the everything that is pro-death, everything that's anti-family, everything that's sexualizing my kids, all of that stuff. I'm going to lump into that evil category. Mm-hmm. And I hate it all, you know? And so, like you said, the social media, all these things that we've talked about are meant to destroy the family, like you said. Yes. And that social media aspect, I took a I took a picture at Thanksgiving. And again, I'm part of it. I just didn't happen to be in the in the photo. I took a photo of our our dining room table at my mom's house. And there was a grandpa, an uncle, a brother-in-law, and three sons all on their phone in a row. And it was a perfect picture. (laughs) I took this photo again with my phone that I was on probably, (laughs) but it was, it was six males in the family that had their head in their phone. Yeah. And that's a perfect sign of what social media is designed to do. Yeah. of what the evil that I'm going to abhor is designed to do. And there's, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed to have a wife who will 
yank my head out of that thing when she's sick of it, you know? And it's an addiction for me sometimes. Totally, me too. And I've gotta I gotta watch it, but you know, I'll be I'll be danged if I'm gonna let my daughter get wrapped mm-hmm. up in that if she doesn't have to, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're you're the kind of guy that thinks we should be uh withholding that kind of stuff from our mm-hmm. teenagers, huh? Yeah, I and I mean in in moderate like it depends, I think, on the kid. It depends on what you've taught them. Yeah. Depends on the level of responsibility and trust they've shown. Um, so for my oldest, we are already talking about getting an iPhone, but there's we're not gonna so even on their iPads that they have for like watching movies, stuff like that, um, if they're all very locked down, like you can only go to certain websites uh that I programmed in there. Yep. Ne- never give a kid anybody a free internet like just wide open internet access it's the stupidest thing yep. ever yeah uh but you know now he's at the point now he's driving we'd like him to have the jeep so right now he has a smartphone it's called gab g-a-b-b um highly recommend it for teens and preteens it doesn't have internet access, but it's still like a Samsung and you can call and text, take pictures, stuff like that. But it doesn't have any social media apps and there's no internet access. Uh, but awesome. it does do email. I think it yeah. does do email. Um, but now he's at the point now where he's driving. We want him to have GPS. Um, there's certain kind of apps that he's a golfer that he would like to use and yeah that so we're considering getting an iphone pretty soon probably um but still no social media um that's that's not that's just a hard no just a hard no and how does he how does he respond to that well he's not really been asking um yeah so my other one's probably more like uh my second probably would want that (laughs) Not not as much of a big deal to him, but it's just going to be a hard no. Like, you know what? It's going to be your. We want to show you what's. And here's why. It's just not not yeah. just a no, but like it's teaching, right? You're yeah. teaching him in those moments. Yeah. 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 So, I just think the risk reward is like the reward isn't big enough. Like, the risk is too great. It's good. Like. The risk, just the risk. So like, let's just, let's just say you get your child, which a lot of parents do, just iPhone, no internet, block, like any website. You know, they say two and five boys age of 15 have seen porn on their phones. Or it's like more than that. Yeah. So your little daughter got a friend group, five boys in it, two of them seeing hardcore porn that you know yep who knows what yep that are coming to your house to play yep that's right right so do, just think of it that way like not blaming the kid it's not yep. their fault yep. they've had no supervision discipline uh structure right so the my point is is that 
Yes, I think it's important to to watch that stuff uh, because the think about what's the worst case. Worst case, they see something you just would make you sick to your stomach, and they see it where they get sucked into a community and start messaging someone. What's the worst case? I mean, the worst case is bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the best case? <laughs> right. <laughs> they fit. They feel a little bit more fit in. Until the next thing comes along and they're not, they don't have it either. <laughs> so good. No. Yeah. I feel like there's, um, there's a lot of Christian families that feel like it's just either too late. It's too far mm-hmm. gone. The culture is where it is. And now we just have to survive. Mm-hmm. But that, I, I feel like if you really look at it, like it can, it can end right now. Like it can end with us. All this yeah. crap we're talking about. You know, I grew up broken home. I grew up um, heavily into pornography when I was a teenager up into my adulthood. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to pass down to my kids. Right. <laughs> like it can end with, with wherever I want to end it at, you know? And I feel like if, if we as Christians, I guess my point is it, it, it can change in a in a, a a generation man like this next generation and it can change through our kids it can change through our kids and why Meaning, not why not change through our kids yeah it will yeah and not because they're missionaries at public school right yeah 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 <laughs> but because they're going to grow up to be people in the world and influential and they're going to get married and they're going to have kids and they're going to be influential and so on and so forth and I think that's how, in my opinion, that's how it changes. So it's yeah. not, you know, so maybe a little bit longer, but it's going to come that way. Uh, so I, I think you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm dang sure not going to make it easy on them to get into the stuff I got into. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to set them up. Yeah. But it blows, it just, it blows my mind. I know, I know quote unquote, well-meaning good families. And I consider good people Yeah, that when it comes to their kids um, and what their kid has access to, um, maybe they think it's too late or the two or other three decent families down the street are doing it. So it can't, can't be that bad. All right. Which I totally understand. It's so easy. It's hard. Just it, This is not an easy thing to just, to go and just like put your foot down about this. And it's not an easy thing to take back. Um, but I just think it's that important for, for us. It's that yeah. important. Yeah. It's We're talking good. about demonic things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is not just good Again, or bad. things that are designed to yeah. still kill and destroy. Like to, this isn't just, oops, they yeah. watched, they, oops, they watched a sex scene or oops, they, yeah. Heard a cuss word. No, this is like, <laughs> yeah, we, we believe as, as, as believers, we believe that those seeds, like you said, faith comes by hearing mm-hmm. what else comes by hearing, <laughs> right? What else comes by seeing? I, I can vouch for what comes by seeing, you know, I've, I've allowed things to pass through these holes that yeah. set me on a path for, for years of like, dysfunction yeah, and they've scarred and they've scarred you and they've scarred, scarred me, me because yeah because they're images that you wish that you could forget yes yep um 
and, but for whatever and, reason, and could very easily, if I let it, set my path, my family path down that same road. Yeah, you know, of like I don't want to strong arm my kids, or I don't want to, you know, take away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot of a lot of families that have the idea of I don't want to take away my kids' freedoms, you know, and it's like right. I don't think we know what freedom is. <laughs> You but know, I think the, they're trying to, they're trying to attack the, you know, and I get it, but that's more like symptom thinking. Yeah. So it's just like, how do we train up our kids to where the things that I wouldn't want them to be around and put in their mind and body anyway, they yeah. are, they don't, it doesn't agree with their spirit. Like yeah. they, they're almost allergic to it anyway. Makes them sick. Yeah. It's, they don't, they're, they're so sensitive to their spirit person and that they're just like uh yeah. like you don't have to tell me not to do that that's good I, you, you know you don't have to tell me not to eat black licorice i can't stand it it's disgusting yeah, yeah. You know, I'm limiting my freedom yeah no that's good <laughs> that's good but so that's to me the chat that's to me the goal because the other way is just sort of like you're fighting the symptom and not really what you're going after um it's like what no, if, i want i want you to understand how gross vile evil and where this kind of thing is headed and where this leads to and what this is against yeah if i can get you to understand that it's not it's a big lot big different ball game than just yes or no you can't do this you can't do that what about the families that think their children need to be in the public schools because we're called to be light in darkness. I just, I don't think that, you know, if they're trying to, I know this is like, I'm not trying to be offensive to anyone. And I, you know, I have friends that think this, but I just think it's, I don't think that applies to kids. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think it sounds good. Your kids aren't the missionaries you think they are. You know, and it's not well, a negative gonna, thing either, but it's like, are have they been yeah. equipped? Are they prepared? Are they, you know, studied yeah. up? Are they strong? Are they, you know, otherwise? I don't think, I guess what I would say is like, some of, maybe it could depend, but I think for the most part, that's a little bit of a, a kind of a cop out. Um, yeah. I just don't think it, it's just like, well, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna send my kid into something that I I wouldn't go to. Yeah. I'm asking them to be a quote unquote light, like maybe a more than I'm being. To the adult teachers that are teaching them things, and yeah, they're. I think we're just like, no, these aren't adults. These aren't yeah. mature. Um. So I mean, if you cared that much about evangelizing your school, like maybe you go up there and try to teach yeah. <laughs> be, yeah. be, a, be a teacher yeah that's a that's workplace good. deal <laughs> yeah, that's good. so, so I, i'm not saying that but, but some people it's hard you need to they don't yeah. either have they can't do the homeschooling thing so i get it but yeah. i just don't think i just don't like that reason being thrown out there yeah i think it should be like listen we don't really want to be but we're having to be and we're going to pray to god every day that he gives you strength and courage to endure and, and pray that he intersects your life with people that are kind to you 
look out for you, other believers at school, and that you have favor and victory every day that you walk. And I'm not, you know, that's like we're sending them off to war, right? If that's that. different. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. you know, and you know what? I want to be trying to organize my life in a way that maybe one day we don't, if you don't want to go there anymore, and maybe we don't have to. Um, but I get it, it's hard. That's it's a blessing. So I just don't take it lightly. So yeah. it's a blessing it's, to be able to do it. I would even say that it it's it's worth the it's worth the effort, right? To to worth try it. everything you can try to do to yep. not have to send your kids off to war. <laughs> you know, and fight yeah. battles that they're not equipped to fight. And uh you know, we It's not I want yeah. to raise I want to raise my kids to to honor and respect grown-ups. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm ra- if I'm raising up and teaching my Tommy and Susie to honor and respect adults and then I'm sending them to a place where I don't trust these adults to mm-hmm. not harm them yeah. and to not right. to not indoctrinate right. them and to not sexualize them it, that defeats the purpose, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's my, it's my prayer for sure that the church, and I mean the, the, the church figure out a way to take this back, take back the, yeah, uh, the home and educating the the children for sure. Yeah. But you know, public school can change. And it's not just public dude. It's it's, it's just school. It's just school. Yeah. But schools can change too. I mean, it just, and that's why I'm a big believer in the end times that the church conquers is because church uh, schools can change too with a Christian leader, Christian yep. uh, school, school board, board. Okay. Yep. school board, a Christian teacher. Heck yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, you know, why wouldn't you want that? Yep. I agree. <laughs> Good. But there are people, a lot of people that don't, they don't even, even Christians, they get uncomfortable even talking that way. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you go here in a minute. I want to, is there anything that you would add to the list of things that I, that I had in my last couple episodes, things that are important for families, uh, maybe to prioritize? Are there things that you think is there is there something in the in the little John family that you have found to be like this is it this is the thing that that we're going after well i we definitely prioritize our time together um and so i I'm, I know it's on your list and I know you talk about it, but probably I feel like if you're gonna ask me kind of what makes us stand out or things that were just kind of non-negotiables for us is that we we spend time together we eat you know five out of seven meals a week dinner together um we visit there's one phone at the table it's usually mine (laughs) um but we share we pray we take communion every and then at night we we take our time and we pray for things that are going on in our lives, our friends' lives, our family's lives, or 
what's God saying to me tonight? You know, is there anything I need to, anyone I need to forgive or repent to? And it just kind of like a, every night is a kind of a clear the decks with a, what's God saying to me tonight? And then what are things that we want to see him move in in prayer? Mm -hmm. And it's just a big deal. It's just, it's, and it's real easy not to do, uh, you get busy or you're tired or, you know, like I'm tired. I just want to go lay down or I'm about to fall asleep. We got to stay awake. But, um, so I would say that's a big one. And we just, we're really trying to instill in our kids friendship with each other. Wow. So we preach it a lot. And so we, I really reject the whole idea. So this goes along with the big homeschooling knock is like, but they need friends. And not only do you need friends, you need lots of friends. And I'm just like, I don't know if that's true. Like, I don't, you know, I don't think it is. And I don't believe it is. In fact, like you need family and you're going to be like family forever. Yeah. Right. And if you're blessed, you're going to have a few good friends a couple of two or three good, great friends forever. Yeah. You know, so this whole notion of, I need a million friends. No, no, you don't. In fact, like we, we're really like picky on. So our kids have some good friends, like good families, but even they, like we, even we can tell when like, ah, you've just, you guys have just been spending a little too much time together. And we've noticed that you kind of got an attitude with your other siblings back at home whenever you go hanging out with them and so you know probably not gonna see them for a couple weeks yeah you're not getting like until you guys start getting along so it's like these non like these are like non-negotiables for us and so that's those are the things like we're trying to really hammer home because these are lifelong so i'm taking i'm taking notes so when it comes to children, no friends and no phones. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. No, man, I can vouch. I can vouch for you guys. Um, <laughs> you guys are in Arkansas now. Last time I talked to yeah. you, I think you, I think you were still in Dallas. And I got to stay with you guys for a few days. And I got to watch you guys. And I was very, very blessed. I want you to know that. Like, I was blessed by watching you guys do life as a family and you know yeah. you weren't going to let a, a house guest change the routine you weren't going to let me interfere <laughs> and yeah it's it uh it was real and it, and everything you just said is exactly what i experienced in you guys' <laughs> yeah. home and uh yeah i mean <laughs> if you're going to have six kids you better hope they're friends right it's going to be a, well, you have to, yeah, <laughs> but you, it doesn't just have like, yeah, that's what I mean. And we notice it with little stuff like, oh, you've been watching too many shows and Hey, you've been on your iPad a little too much and you haven't been playing with your brother or your sister. And like, so we manage it and it's not just because we're trying to control everything. It's just like, no, like we can tell. This y'all, your sibling relationship is getting a little off track. Yeah. You're kind of treating everyone like crap for the last couple of days. It's unacceptable. 
hand in your phone, hand in your iPad. You're you don't have it for two days for when whenever you start. Yeah. So I don't know if a lot of families are doing that because I don't interview them and I don't know. But to me, the, to us, this is like what it is about, like every day. And and the whole idea would be like you're doing it less and less and less and less as they get older. Yeah. So we're not with my oldest. We're he's got more privileges, and we're not sort of on him because he doesn't. It's just like a it's like training. You need you know. Yeah. What training do you need? Less and, the, and less, hopefully, as it and the goal goes on is that he yeah finds a woman and they get married mm-hmm. and they reproduce this yes. in their children, right? And we take oh, back yeah. the culture through that, right? Yep. That's mm-hmm. the goal. Like that's that is my job as a parent. Yeah, and it's to, not a new thing. Is to reproduce this thing that God's given me. Yeah, and and watch the kingdom grow that's god's culture shift yes that was his plan yeah that is his plan yeah how do you think we got so many of us now fruitful multiply it's good (laughs) do you know what the number did i tell you this the number one baby name no in the uk this last year no the number one boy baby name in the uk last year well you did you hear that? What it was? No, I didn't. What is it? Muhammad. Wow. So tell me that they don't have this figured out. Yeah. Wow. Right? And it's not a competition, kind of, but <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. like, that it's, you know, I'm yes, evangelize, converts, yes, let's witness, but if I, if you're talking about like lifelong generational family kingdom exponential expanding, mm-hmm. it's going to come through families. It's good because there's no other incubator for it. The convert that gets saved at a conference goes home. That's so good by himself or by herself. Yes, you hope they get. Yes, you hope they stay strong, get married to another one another believer you know what i mean that's so good there's literally nothing else on this planet that is designed to fix my home (laughs) like there's nothing else Uh -uh. no 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 church no pastor no anything is going to be in my in these four walls taking care of my family right right Mm -hmm. and you can you can you can call it a, a struggle. You can call it a chore and a job, but I consider it such a high honor and such a, an amazing privilege, man, to like yeah. reproduce what's been given to me and to my girls. And I look, I look so forward to them finding amazing Christian men, you know? Yeah. And amazing that's the godly other thing. Men. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nacy's been reading this book lately. Like it was like, talking about how it's like who are like, your kids are getting dating age courting age engagement age it's like yeah but are you just like hoping they or are you like trying to make sure they're around people that you would even want them to marry that's right yeah <laughs> you know that's right right relationships man yeah you know my, yeah. my my daughter i'm so proud of her but for she's she's turning 18 this month 
Mm-hmm. And for I don't know how many years now, she's had a list made out of what she's looking for in a man. Good. And the man that she marries is going to match the things on that list. And one of the top things on there, he's going to come from a godly Christian family. Yeah. You know, exactly. And we can, we can look around and think, man, that's slim pickings. And yeah, it probably is slim pickings, but we're going to take back this culture. No, it's not going to be going to take back this. Yeah. And I don't care if she has a hundred choices. She only needs one, right? So, like, I'm, I'm believing with her, and I, and she's just so mature in this. Of like, mm-hmm. no, that's he's, amazing. He's, he's going to be a believer, you know. He's going to be someone that I'm going to be chasing after, not dragging him along. He's going to be following Jesus yeah. so hard, and I'm going to be pursuing him. Yes, and that headship thing we talked about, but like, yeah, he's looking for that yeah. man, and that's Good. we're going to take back this culture i think she'll find it i think i think there like i said there's an escalation of light rising that didn't exist before that wasn't like this and the reason she even has that list is because you were raised yeah in a certain kind of way in a family that although broken had you weren't you weren't saved at a conference and didn't know anything about jesus that's right seeds were planted for sure yeah those seeds produced you were raised in a christian home from a child. Yep. And I don't know about your parents, but I'm, I'm assuming at least one of them was raised in a Christian home. Yep. <laughs> right. So yep. we're still like 0 for 4 and being saved on the street or in the yep. park. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's good. And I'm not saying those things are less than, but I think if you graft out converts coming from, or, you know, Christians coming from a family versus, saved on the street it'd be pretty big difference it's true (laughs) but it yeah and and over time like over the whole world though we don't hear about those stories all we hear about are the big convert stories right and the testimonies that are so amazing but there's something to be said about a steady life in christ man you know Mm -hmm. there's and i i'm more attracted to that now and my friends i'm more attracted to that with people that i want to absorb anything from are the ones that lifelongedness with, with the Lord, you know, they've experienced mm-hmm. a walk with the Lord and uh, mm-hmm. my girls are going to experience that too. <laughs> yeah. Your kids are yeah. going to experience that in Jesus name. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. I believe that's why God gave him to us. That's right. He trusted us to do it. He that's must good, have bro. wanted Jude saved. He wanted X to say, you know? Yeah. 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 And you think about it that way. He wanted your grandkids saved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He that's wanted good. Ashton saved. Yeah. And that's why he gave him to you and Jamie. Yep. Gave her to you and Jamie. So it's good. I mean, when you think about it that way, that really mind blowing. Wow. That's good. And doesn't he want all all people saved, brother? Well, yeah, he does. Yep. So it's not just family, it's also <laughs> so good. Yeah. That's so good. It's going to come from the family. I believe it. That's how it's, that's how, hey, Father Abraham, dude, that's how we got. I mean, that's right. Tell me how we got here. That's right. Without family. Yep. Blessed and multiplied. God's plan. 
Love it. Well, man, I thank you so you. much. Yeah, I appreciate your heart. I appreciate your uh, your voice. I appreciate you sticking through this, man. You guys are doing well, and uh, I love you guys very, very much. Praying for you often. Thank you. I'm also very excited for you guys in the future. So. Thank you. I value appreciate you. It. All right. All right, man. We'll talk appreciate soon. Appreciate it. Right. Blessings on your podcast. Thanks Thank for you, thanks for inviting me. I enjoyed it. Let's do it again soon. All right. See ya. Yeah.